Yo, before the episode gets started, there's a couple things I want to get off my chest. First off, thank you to everyone who supported me and Sammy. Uh, you know, when we were kind of in a drought with the pandemic happening, you know, we weren't be able to we weren't able to meet in person, and it was kind of discouraging. And you know, uh, we p- did post I think a podcast or two, but it just wasn't feeling right. So you know, now that things are lifted up, me and Sammy are both vaccinated, it's easier for us to meet up, get some guests in, and and do a podcast. Second of all. Um, the audio in this podcast is kind of wonky, you know, there's like some new equipment involved and, you know, we really weren't prepared to use it. So yeah, it, it, it's kind of not the best, but you know, trust me and, and trust the team. We're working on it to make sure we get the best quality podcast possible for you. And, uh, it definitely will be better next episode. Third and lastly, we do have a sponsor that we have to read before every episode. So let me go ahead and do that to pay the bills, you know, um, this episode of Inside the Vibe is sponsored by AKA The Studio. You know, um, AKA The Studio, they're great people over there. Not only do we record our podcast here now, but all the photos you've seen on my uh, Instagram and so- Sammy's Instagram of this episode and, you know, uh, our little photo shoot, we're done there by Garrett. You know, um, you can come and book your next shoot or podcast there, music video, the whole nine. They're a one-stop shop for all creative things in Bakersfield, and you can find them on Instagram and Twitter at AKA The Studio. Now let's get into the episode. Families from Florida. I'm, I moved out yeah, there for like a year, year and a half, and that was seventh grade. Did you like it out there or not? Yeah, I like it. Uh, I didn't go to school with my favorite cousins. I uh, went like where my mom sent me, uh-huh. so I didn't really get to enjoy it as much as I could have. So you went to school with cousins you hated? <laughs> I wouldn't say I hated them, but you know, like you got your favorite cousin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was like it was like that. That's crazy. Like they're gonna come back to this interview and be like, "Yo, like, yo, fuck you, this." Yeah, well, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? You know what I'm saying? But um, I thought it was cool. So Remember that time I fought for you in the lunch line. That's fucked up. Dude. If if, uh, if you guys haven't noticed by now, uh, inside the vibes back, the I Garrett record started recording and just walked out. <laughs> He thought he he was sly instead of telling us we were recording. But, um, you know, um, me and Sammy are back uh, inside the vibe. I don't know what episode. I don't know what season. It's season two. It's season two, three. It doesn't really matter. The details we'll figure out later. I texted Sammy or called Sammy and was, hey, what do you think about doing the podcast again? I straight up told him I flaked every time I've told him to start the podcast again. (laughs) I called this man and be like, yo, you ready to pod? He's like, Fuck yeah, Bob, let's do it, let's do it, let's do it. And then, like, I'd ghost him for, like, two months. Man, <laughs> you know, but that's life, though, man, you know. Everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. The, the stars are aligning, the planets and the shit. So, that, hey, now we back. Yeah. We back yeah. cooking. Uh, like, we never left. So, so are you into astrology, Sammy? No, I'm not. I just... Yeah. I just thought about kind of sound. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You start saying stars alignment. Yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to walk out of the studio. There's going to be some crystals all up in here that you dropped off for good energy. Sage. <laughs> not only are we back in the studio, but we have a guest today. We have Ness. I'm not going to try to pronounce his last Julius. Part. Julius. Okay. Yeah. I always thought it was Ness Jules, right? <laughs> yeah. Facts, bro. Facts. You know, you know, someone who um gets, you know, paid to speak, actually, right? Yeah. I'm not yeah. a very good reader. Really? <laughs> like I'm not gonna, bad dyslexic, speller. Bob? I'm not dyslexic. I think I'm just like scared to fail. So I don't want to say uh, someone's name wrong. Gotcha. You know what I'm so you was one of them kids that when the teacher called you and said, hey, Bob, can you read this paragraph? Shake you try it, to bro. get out of it? Oh, yeah, dude. Uh, okay. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Re- reading in front of class, uh, public speaking, all that terrifies. Not even with the popcorn reading? Not even the, the popcorn reading was the worst, bro. <laughs> because, you know, I, 
I was one of those kids that was like not popular, but people knew me. Yeah. Right. So like, hey, you have more of a chance when you're in that middle ground to get picked from everybody, right? Yeah. Because you know when you're a popular kid, the the non popular kids aren't going to pick the popular kids unless you know yeah. one of them ugly kids were trying to flirt with the pretty kids. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but like when you're in the middle and everyone fucks with you, it's it's you know it's just like being middle class in America, right? The top's gonna fuck with you. The 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 lower class is gonna hate you. Like it's 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 a big old thing. But anyways. I'm dead because like all it. that made sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> down to a science as fuck. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's all just of that facts. Made sense. It's just facts. You know what I'm saying? But we're in studio with uh, Ness Julius, right? Yeah. Um, you know, I've never met you until right before this podcast. Uh, I told your management several times that I fuck with your music heavy. Yeah. Uh, I think you have a a very like blastish vibe mm-hmm. mixed with like party. And yeah, like the, the 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 R and B right yeah, kick right, yeah. and your sound coming from Bakersfield super surprising, hella surprising, really hella surprising, yeah. right? It's like your it's like your voice, man, and your beat selection are perfect together. Yeah, yeah. you know when some that. sometimes artists will will pick a beat that really don't go with their voice, got it. And then <clears throat> when you when you sing, you don't really do too much either. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? You don't try to do too much. You stay in your lane. Mm-hmm. And that, that goes a that goes a long way in music. So when I you know what I'm saying from Bakersfield, nah. Well I mean it it did take a lot to get to this point as far as like making the music that I'm making now. It mm-hmm. took a lot of years of just experimenting, playing with different sounds, locking in in the home studio, you mm-hmm. know, just seeing what worked and it really took me putting things out, getting a response from people to shape like the music that I make now. Yeah. So a lot of that is just consistency, honestly. How long have you been making music? Like about seven years. Seven years? Yeah. So how old are you now? Twenty one. You're twenty one? No, twenty two. Twenty two? Yeah. Okay, so you got you got your whole career in front of you, dude. I'm gonna ask you how long have you like been interested in making music though? Well, see, I've been interested in music since I was a little kid. Because okay. my, my dad played in a band when I was um, when I before I was born, he's my family's from the islands. So my dad used to play in the guitar. He played a guitar, and uh, when they moved to the states, so when he moved to Houston, um, in his thirties, he was in a band, mm-hmm. and he would just play like the electric guitar. Uh, crazy as fuck. My dad used to be break dancing and shit. Like he told me some crazy ass stories, uh-huh. but apparently that's where that came from. Him playing soulful music in the house. Him playing a lot of reggae. A lot of soca. Um, that was my very early music influence was through my dad. Like, okay, I got a question. Mm-hmm. Reel it back a little bit. Um, maybe I'm not fully aware, but like when you use the term the islands, what what does that mean? Like Caribbean oh, islands, like they're from. Uh, so my my dad is from the Commonwealth of Do- uh, Dominica. It's right next to Puerto Rico. And then my mom's from the Virgin Islands, where Tim Duncan is from. Okay. Yeah, so it's Rihanna a part of the U.S., that, right? Yeah. I'm not sure. I think so. Yeah. I'm not too sure. But, uh, no, I just wanted to... Yeah, yeah. That's, yeah. Dope, bro. that's that dope. That's like soca, um, dance hall. That's pretty much what I grew up on. Mm-hmm. But you can tell when you hear it in your music, too, that you're musically inclined. Like, yeah. you don't just... It's different, man, because I'm from a music family. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? My grandmother played the piano. So that's how she fed her kids when she was, you know what I'm saying, when they was coming up and stuff yeah. like that. I got cousins that won Grammys and shit like that. Jeez, so like, talk about it. Like, I know 
Like, I know cap. Yeah. I know cap, you know, but like, I know when I hear music, I know music, bro. And when I heard you, I'm like, this cat know music, like, it's in his blood. Like, yeah. What's up? I, I think it's just so dope. And, you know, um, just your style. You can tell your influences, but you can tell, like, you're trying to make your own, right? So I think it's one of my favorite songs, Foolish, right? Mm-hmm. Where you have one of my favorite ad-libs of all time, bro. <laughs> all, ad-libs of all time. So uh, I don't know the exact lyrics, but the, the end of the line ends with apple juice, right? Yeah, do saying apple juice, save it for me. Yeah. And then you got the wildest fucking ad-lib ever. You're just like, apple juice. <laughs> like, this shit's so hard, bro. <laughs> but that, that's actually probably one of my uh, favorite songs in your upcoming album. Uh, for the audience... If you don't know, um, uh, I have a direct line with his management. So, like, if you have any problems, I can leak that number, and you can get in contact with his management. <laughs> but um, Thanks. management sent over um <clears throat> the album, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I listened to it uh for the past couple of days, and uh, I fucked with the heavy. I can tell which ones you guys are gonna try to market, and which ones are just like album cuts, right? Yeah. And you're already smiling. You already know. <laughs> um, um, but um, talk about the one that. With that Melissa chick, Melissa Sandoval, right? Mm-hmm. Um, t- talk about that one. How did that come about? About it's clearly built to be played everywhere. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Like, um. So funny. What's so interesting about that song? I've never told anybody this story. Originally, I didn't really like it. Well, when I first when I first made it, um, I played it for my manager. I presented him like fifty tracks. Mm-hmm. Um. Because going into this project, I'm not going to lie, it wasn't always 12 songs. Yeah. At one point, it was 40 songs, and we just kept cutting and adding and cutting. But um, I presented him this song, Take It There, and when I played it for him, this was with no layers. It was just one layer, one one um, one um stem on the track, just me singing the hook. And he's like, yo, this this track, this track is, is crazy. Like, this is, um, this is one of the ones. And then I was like, I don't. I don't hear it, but yeah. he heard it. So um, I was like, you know what? Let me go to the studio. Let me touch it up. Um, so I went to uh, Nate Nate Studios mm-hmm. here in town, um, re-recorded it, and then it hit me. I'm like, yo, this is really crazy because when I was actually in the studio, I added all those layers to it, yeah. and then we turned it into something. Um, played it over and over again, and then... I finally it finally clicked and I was like, you know what? I can actually see this taking off. Um, this needs something. This needs another element. Mm. And um, we got in contact with uh, with Melissa's management team, um, played it for him. They loved it and she blessed us with the feature. Yeah. So yeah, that's a little bit of the backstory about that song though. It's yeah. just it's just kind of crazy because it was gonna go back in the files and then it ended up, you know, turning into something. You know, when you when you watch a lot of interviews, like, so I watch interviews probably two or three times a day. Just, you know, get, uh, you know, more information on the craft, you know, just how to interview people, how artists react to certain questions. I think it's very important to stay, like, on your craft, right? Mm-hmm. So, oh, dude, I totally forgot what I was saying. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> <laughs> I was talking about craft and um, artistry. You take a question to <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I got four hours of sleep last night. You know what's so funny about this shit, right? S- sidebar. Um, we did a photo shoot before this podcast, me and Sammy, right? Because, yes. you know, we're going to try to roll out, new revamp. And I did laundry this morning, right? I got up at seven. 
do them in the wash. I was like, all right, first off, it's because I ordered a pair of shoes for this shoot and they were going to come today. So I had to wear a whole new outfit, right? I was like, all right, cool. I'm going to pull out the Air Maxes. I'm just white shirt. I wear some rocket, some pants, whatever. Um, I put them in the dryer and the dryer was unplugged for some reason at the laundry place, right? And I was like, whatever, like someone probably unplugged, someone uses it, right? Um, I plugged it back in, um, came back 40 something minutes later. It didn't dry nothing, bro. The timer just went off. It all my clothes were soaking as wet, right? <laughs> so, yeah, dude. So I had to find like, I had to find uh, some clothes that's not in the eighty percent of clothes I just fucking washed, right? Man. So I've been having a morning. I'm not gonna lie, I've been having, a, I've been having a morning. So, man, I got, hey man, mm-hmm. I got a baby at home and a pregnant girl. It's always a morning for me. (laughs) All right, man. So, so did you have a crazy morning today? Honestly, I woke up and played 2K for a little bit, and then Mm -hmm. I headed out. That was my morning. (laughs) I had a a great morning. But back to the song uh, with Melissa, right? Um, You can tell it has a poppy vibe that, like, it's gonna go. Are you guys gonna push it as a single? Are you just letting people? Because, like, Rick Ross's approach to albums mm-hmm. uh, the past couple albums he doesn't have a, a single he releases the album and then the people choose the single and then they re- re-release it as a single <clears throat> video stuff like that mm-hmm. so That's what, what approach are you taking we for sure talked about um, letting people choose mm-hmm. but we kind of already knew going into this that that was going to be that was the one that was the one that we really wanted to push mm-hmm. because it has um, it has such a uh, it's, it's like it can be marketed really well through radio. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's um definitely a that's radio one of the elements that it already has. So like that kind of is gonna do its job by itself. But for sure, we've talked about other songs being the singles that people pick, mm-hmm. and it's well, um, if I'm gonna pick one, <laughs> it's gonna have to be uh. My favorite artist. That's my. That's probably yeah, my yeah, second favorite song. So hard, hard, man. <laughs> I, man, I was listening to that. I probably listened to it about 10, 12 times. Yeah. Honestly, row, that uh, that song itself kind of gave me a, like a super boost of confidence. It kind of gave me this whole new persona. Like, So what was the backstory into that? Like, How did you come up with that? How did I come up with that? Yeah. <laughs> it's just like the way everything was like. So, the her favorite artist situation. I went into it because how did I go into it? How did I approach it? I remember my my friend texting me because he um he's a basketball player, so yeah. he's always traveling. He knows girls in different areas. Yeah. Literally, one day hits me in the studio like, "Yo, bro, I was playing for this playing your music for this chick in L.A. and like she apparently she already knew who you were like." And she was like, she said, like, you're one of her favorite artists type shit. And yeah. so I was just like, that's hard as fuck. Um, that's literally my goal every time is to be, you know, somebody's favorite artist. Yeah. And then when I thought about it, I was like, you know what? I make music catered to a female audience. I'm going to take that and run with it. Yeah. So that's going to be my goal at the end of like every track is to make sure that she's coming back to something, putting it on her playlist. So I'm trying to become her favorite artist. Yeah. So that inspired me to make a song called Her Favorite Artist. And I was like, you know what? Let me do this in a way that it's catchy, but it's very descriptive. I'm telling a story. At the end of the day, it's something that you could play back, though. 
And that was my goal with it. And that's a little bit of the backstory behind yeah, it. Definitely play back. Do you think you make music just for like the recognition of like, yo, like people fuck with me? Or do you really make music for, for yourself and just cater it to a certain artist? Because you can, uh, demographic, because you can definitely, definitely tell that it has more of a, a female yeah. uh, vibe for like the women and stuff like that, right? Or anyone who kind of likes that Definitely club vibe, too. The club vibe, right? Yeah. And, um, you know, I don't want to be that guy, but but let's be honest. Um, there's some artists that are, whether they're R&B or hip-hop or whatever, right, that cater to the whole other side of the demographic. And you yeah. can definitely tell. Absolutely. Yeah. For me, it was always about making music that I want to hear. Um, somewhere down the line... It started getting blurry, and it was me making music to please other people. Um, I had to learn that, though. That was all trial and error. This project specifically, I went into it saying, I'm going to make music that I want to hear, but also little elements of what people want to hear. That's why, like, making this album, I collected a group of people that I could trust. I would play certain songs for them, get different opinions. And kind of go back and tinker a little bit with the tracks that I had. Um, but ultimately, I think that I'm making music that I want to hear, but that I know other people, you know, they listen to it and they, they get what they can get out of it. Yeah. You know, so it's a mixture of both. Mm -hmm. so, so you talked a little bit about, just a little tiny bit in mm -hmm. the last uh, answer, um, about understanding the difference between making music for yourself and making music for others. So do you think... You know, because you're very young. We're all young in here, right? Yeah. And we're all still growing and learning about life. Do you think that's a valuable lesson to understand that you have to do things that make you happy compared to other people? Absolutely. You do. Um, For me, and I know other artists that I've talked to, it's just therapy. You know, um, when you don't have anybody to talk to, you can just lay out all your feelings on the track. That's the mm -hmm. beauty of music. So in a sense, it is for you, but... There's also somebody who can be going through like a similar situation and they listen to you. They keep coming to you because, you know, when they listen to your music, it's like you took the words right out of my mouth. They can relate. They can relate to it. Yeah. And that's like that's super important to have as an artist is to be relatable, but also to stay true to yourself. And mm -hmm. that's something that I like really, really like focus on is just staying true to me, but also being relatable. You know, I think that's one of the inspirations of a. Uh why I like doing podcasts, right? So before the pandemic, like 2020, like in 2019, mm -hmm. we, we were getting some traction. Like, uh, and now Spotify would do the the most listened to list, right? We'd be, we were like dozens of people's most listened yeah. to podcasts. Jeez, and like yeah, right under it would be like bigger podcasts, but people were like tuning in. And um, to this day, people ask me about like the podcast or what I'm doing, right? And um, people ask me all the time about Sammy, and I'm like, you know, we're just in different places right yeah. now, right? Yeah. And, I, and I do think, um, but the inspiration for me is some people who don't create would see us reposting things, right? Or, uh, uh, you know, talking to people who enjoy our podcast, or whatever, as bragging. Hmm. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? But to me, it's like, okay, this person is inspired by what I said. Yeah. Because cause growing up, I don't know about you guys, like, Media was different. <clears throat> Music was different. Definitely different. So it was a lot harder yeah. to get inspired. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and I I seemed like a, a psycho wanting to do this shit. Right. Um. 
buying camera equipment, buying podcast equipment, yeah. uh, working at a warehouse, talking about all the stuff. They'd be like, yo, dude, like, shut up and stack boxes. You get paid. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And um, I think it's very inspiring when other people reach out and be like, yo, like, I really fuck with your stuff because I fuck with it because it's from a genuine place. And it seems like you're a genuine person and a yeah. genuine artist, which is very rare when people make music. <clears throat> and yeah. it seems like you're okay with criticism. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, 100%. That's how you get better as an artist. It's just like basketball. You don't get better just by trying to be Kobe or trying to be Damian Lillard practicing a step back with nobody guarding you. You get better by people actually analyzing your game, critiquing different elements of your craft so that way you know where to improve on. Mm-hmm. That's why um, I always watch album reviews yeah. just because not, not because, you know, I'm a hater. It's just because like how they critique albums. It's like, okay, if I know to look for that, if this is what, you know, gets a rise out of this person, or if, if they don't like this from an artist, let me just like jot that down take notes, mm-hmm. you know, um, I'm not saying I'm trying to be perfect, but I'm a perfectionist at the end of the day. Like I want to make sure that I present a body of work with, like uh something that has like a little bit of things to th- like negative criticism yeah that follows it i want to make sure that i'm creating something that you can present in any room and people can walk away from it and like be in awe that's that's like my focus that's my my goal when i make a project that's my goal when i make songs you just want to have something that is able to stand out anywhere when you say you're a perfectionist, right? Mm-hmm. Um, some would say I'm a perfectionist, right? And you it's, are and it's not, and, it, and it's not because I want things to be perfect, right? Yeah. Um, I don't want to feel anxiety of not doing something I feel like I'm good enough to do. Or you hold yourself up to a certain standard, right? But, but I think that's for everybody. That's mm-hmm. an artist, though, right? Yes, yeah, so that's what I I'm, mean. We're our mm-hmm. biggest critic, exactly. Yeah. So it should be, though. Yeah. So, like, do you think you just want it to be perfect, or do you think so, so growing up, right, mm-hmm. I was always told that I was smart. My whole life, oh, you're so such a smart guy, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when you do something that you can't figure out or you don't know why, it's... It bugs you. It bugs you because you're like, I'm smart. Why can't I figure this out, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, when people are like, oh, you're so talented. Oh, you're so this, right? Um, and then say so your podcast numbers don't hit what they're supposed to or what they hit last week, right? Even though you think this is a better episode. Maybe um, uh, you're... And, and this is like the age of social media. Maybe like a photo that you thought was fire, content that you created that you thought was fire, didn't meet the standard that it should have, right? It didn't get the love that it needed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Even though you think it's like the best thing you've and ever you put done. put all your heart and, heart and soul into that. Does that scare you that like when your album's <clears> going to drop, it's going to be like that? Or you think now, as you've said, you've been in like making music for like seven years, do you think you kind of have that tougher skin? Honestly, it always it's always anxiety, you know, when tapes are about to drop because you don't know what to expect. You go in there with a with an idea like, okay, we're projected to do these numbers, but at the end of the day, you really can't tell. You can never really project. Things kind of just have to happen. Sometimes you may put out a video, and it only gets a couple hundred video, a couple hundred plays. Somebody posts a TikTok and it goes viral. So you really can't gauge what people are going to connect with. You just kind of have to play the waiting game or just jump in the fire and just do it and see the results. Somebody once told me that's uh, close to me. Uh, 
his whole thing about getting out there was just flooding with content, mm-hmm. you know, and eventually something to catch. And once some that something catches, okay, well he was a he's a YouTube uh, he's a YouTube guy mm-hmm. who makes money off YouTube, and he puts out constant material, constant material, and some stuff be a lot funnier than others. You know what I'm saying? But he his whole thing was if I put out at least three videos a week, one of these videos is gonna hit. It's gonna hit. And then once that one video hit. They gonna come back and see all the other shit that I did, you know what I'm saying? So, I so, mean, so is that your strategy right now? Because I remember we were doing the photo shoot right now, and uh, you were talking to the photographer Garrett, the owner of the studio, mm-hmm. um, and you were talking about how you know you're ready for this one to drop, so you can start working on the next one. Is that kind of like your your strategic plan moving forward? Um, <laughs> I'm always making music, but my plan is just to keep. Flooding with content, whether that be music, photo shoots, videos, just to stay consistent, stay in the public view until I decide it's time to get ghost again and lock lock back in. But there was such a gap between the last project and this project that I'm gonna try my best to like stay consistent as far as just dropping content, um, musically as well. But it's uh it's tough though, because I really do love this and I just like I can't ever stop working so it's like for me to say that I'm gonna take a break after this it's kind of impossible to just really step away from it do you think um so you're dropping this Sunday right which mm-hmm. is if we're pre-recording this guys the podcast is <laughs> you know what I'm saying um, Sunday at, at 9 in our time Pacific okay so uh, basically like 11 p.m. Eastern time, if I Midnight. do my math correct. Midnight. Midnight. Mm-hmm. All the way East Coast is three hours, man. So. Yeah, so. Yeah, so, so if it's nine here. Yeah, 12, yeah. 12, you know what? Yeah, I, I, I dropped out of college, okay? <laughs> what do you want me to do? <laughs> so did I. Man, so did I. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so. Um, do you think, is it a constant worry not only being like perfectionist and then, you know, wanting your craft to succeed, but do you catch yourself sometimes looking at other people while you're like, why did that pop and mine didn't pop when I think my quality was better, right? For sure. Um, I caught myself doing that a lot, this project, hence all the changes. Mm. But somewhere down the line, I just said, you know what? I can't keep doing that because it's, it's terrible for your mental state because you're constantly being negative. That not only is that bad for you as an artist, but that knocks off potential collaborations with other people. Mm. This is just, you know, being bitter is just, it kind of ruins your your drive a little bit because now you're you're stuck up on, oh, this shit popped, my shit didn't. So let me make something like that. And it's no longer genuine. It takes that aspect completely out of it. And now you're chasing something versus trying to create something that's you. And that's something that I never wanted to do. I never felt like chasing was the right move. Even if this could pop now, I'd rather just keep doing what I'm doing because consistency is always going to overtake that. Yeah. And I I, I definitely feel that. I catch myself a lot of the times um, comparing myself to others that other people compare me to. Mm. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. They'll be like, yo... 
so and so's doing this or like in any of the same industries, right? Like, why is this doing this and I'm doing this, doing this much work and I'm not seeing the results, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then, but then as I've been getting older and you know what, getting COVID in December and really putting me down really made me rethink a lot about life, right? Because I was sitting there on on the futon for like two weeks, dead as hell, couldn't finish a sentence. Like my my thought process, like I couldn't finish a thought, even though you know sometimes I can't finish thoughts already. <laughs> and I'd be like, yo, like this next subject, right? But with COVID, I couldn't finish any thoughts. Um, walking from like here to the door would cause me to basically hyperventilate, and I would start gagging. It was terrible for me, right? And it really put a whole new thought process on me, like. Why am I focused on all the wrong things? Mm-hmm. I need to prioritize and, and focus on the right things. You know, and also my happiness, of course, right? But like, I can't be focusing on what so-and-so's podcast is doing over here or what so-and-so's radio station is doing over here or so-and-so is doing on this, right? Yeah. I think I took a new perspective, basically, like exactly how I drive is exactly how I treat life, right? I can only control what's in my lane and in my car. Yeah. If so-and-so wants to swerve into my lane, I just got to make sure I don't hit them or, you know, I, I maneuver around them. But yeah. I have to make sure to get from point A to point B without distractions. And I think uh, that's very bright for you to understand that in 22. Yeah. It, it, of course, it's not oh, always going to – you're always not going to oh, be able man. to do it. We're always yeah. going to compare ourselves. We're human, right? Yeah. But, like, I think that's, uh, that's genuine. And, and it seems like you're making music – that's actually genuine to you and is a different sound because you know i'm gonna keep it a buck you could say this with podcasts too um people be sounding the same yeah i mean mm-hmm. and take the same approach take the same <laughs> approach and i i don't know i think it's but, but but do you think that's because of how the industry is now because everybody sounds the same i think it's yeah. the accessibility of things right yeah mm-hmm. the accessibility of things so <clears throat> You see it, and you're like, okay, well, that's dope. I can do that. But also, people aren't posting their failures. People aren't posting, you know, this works so many times. But I was failing back here, and this was the work, right? Mm-hmm. And to add to what you're saying, um, a lot of it really is people just seeing this as a money game. They're like, they're seeing people blow up on TikTok, and they're like, Shh, they just made a hit. Now they they got money, so let me go ahead and follow that. A lot of these kids don't even really care for making music. They just care with all the things that come with it. Yeah. That's all they care about. The lifestyle. The lifestyle, the clout, the girls, the drugs. Yeah. That's all they care about. They don't necessarily, you know, care about the actual artist aspect of it until mm-hmm. they get in the studio and they got to write something from scratch. Mm-hmm. And they're like fumbling because they don't know what to do. Uh, yeah, they're not around anymore. Man, they made that hit song in 15 seconds. Now they got to lock in in a four hour session and now they're hiring writers because they can't do it. Yeah. And management and like record labels, like, yo, dude, like, yeah, you made a bunch of songs, but we paid for four hours. You're going to work for four hours. Absolutely. Yeah. That's crazy. No, I, I completely understand that. I just think, um, I don't know, maybe I'm narcissistic, some would say, right? But I do think, um, people enjoy listening to me and Sammy, right? Yeah. And I don't think it's yeah. because of uh, us wanting to, you know, everyone would want to make money on podcasts. Everyone would want to say, but I think people will listen to us because we're genuine as hell. Yeah, hella genuine. I mean, shit, I ain't gonna lie. I, would, I wouldn't mind making some money 
So that way I don't have to work no more. I can do this for a living. You know, I mean, who wouldn't want to? Yeah. But we, when we do this, we're doing this from a genuine place. Yeah. It's coming from a genuine place. We love doing this. We love talking to artists. We love talking, just talking, period, shit. Yeah. So, you know, when we, you know, it's cool, man. You know? I mean, shit. I don't know, man. I, I like doing what I do. I, I like doing this, man. I like talking to people. I like seeing reactions out of people. I like getting feedback from people, you know. No, keep, keep all that negative feedback away from me. I, don't uh, hear that. I, I want the negative, I'll pull too. the episode down. Take the good and the bad. I'll pull the I episode down. Yeah. You know, just <laughs> like you. I want to learn. I want to get better. Exactly. You know, I'm going to... We drop this. I'm gonna play this back. I'm gonna learn from this one. You know. You know that that that's a good point, right? I yeah. never listen to the podcast back ever. And that's. Do you listen to your project back? Uh, of course, yeah. like a hundred percent. I try not to listen. I try not to listen to it um, the night of, just uh-huh. because listening to it, I'm like, oh damn, I should have done this. I should have done that. Yeah. I should have done this. I kind of what I do is um, I'll play it the night before. The day of, I won't listen to a project. I'll listen to everything else but that. Um, and then throughout the whole week, really, I try not to listen to it. I try to listen to like unreleased things, things that I, I know I can still, I still have time to polish up and touch up on. Um, recently, I've started listening to like my older songs and seeing what I did on those. I'm like, damn, it's a big difference. Yeah. Um, that kind of gets me it kind of keeps me humble because I see where I was and where I am now. Mm-hmm. So doing that, just going back, that really keeps me grounded because I'm like, okay, this was only in like a span of like two years. This is how I navigate myself and where I'm at. And I know that I'm on the right track. If it's not getting better, then there's something wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It seems like you have a solid foundation and a solid uh, group around you, right? And, um, you know, your 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 photos... Your videos, everything's just so clean. It's well put together. Was it always like that, or did you like have to run into some people and be like, "Yo, dude, like they're they're flaky, they're 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 um you know backstabbers, the this, the that." What do you mean, as far as just like the industry stuff, right? Like, do you think you've always been a well cleaned artist, or do you think you're just learning into that and getting into that? I'm still learning for sure. Um, a lot of this too has to deal with confidence because three years ago i was super insecure i didn't really even want to show my face yeah you got your knees out up in here and yeah. stuff, dude that shit's crazy <laughs> i ain't there yet man that's a big thing bro let's keep it a buck there's some things that like men insecurity right this knees you got your knees out you got to be a certain type of shape for that bro you can't be a big boy with your knees out it just look like your belly and like everything's eating them shorts so weak <laughs> Am I wrong? <laughs> now you got a point. That's how I feel with that's how I feel like tank tops in public. Facts. You, you, won't, you won't catch me in a tank top. In yeah, exactly, exactly. And I got like the, I'm I'm Mexican, so I got like these farmer tan up in here, bro. Oh shit, I'm right? not Mexican. I got farmer. I got, you got tans. a farmer tan too, bro? That's something to eat me up, dog. Mine's a little different though. Mine's like straight white. <laughs> There's no difference between that and my shirt on right now, but. Um, <laughs> Yes, I totally forgot what I said. Knees out, confidence, confidence, right? Yeah. So, so you're saying like you're a more confident artist? For now? sure, way more confident. Mm-hmm. That also has to do with me being around people in the industry mm-hmm. and they help me navigate. Because before this, 
I was literally just in my room recording. Um, after I linked up with, um, after I linked up with a uh, heavy rain, my mm-hmm. homies over there, um, I'm seeing how they navigate through the industry. Mm-hmm. Um, well aware of, you know, the people that we associate with and learning how to navigate with them and just seeing how they market, mm-hmm. seeing the rollouts, all the behind the scenes stuff that all added up to where I am now, like as far as getting the confidence to do photo shoots, getting the confidence to put certain pieces together, creating the outfit. Like Mm -hmm. this all took time. Like I was never this, I was never her favorite artist like four years ago. Like this all took time to build up. So like now you're starting to see, or I, I would think you're starting to see the start of a polished artist moving forward. Yeah. That's what I think I'm presenting with this project. You know what's so crazy is um, uh, we talk about your management, right? Because until he pays me, he's not coming up on his name's not coming up on this podcast. <laughs> but um, you two are some of the most polished local artists ever, right? And I'm not saying local in the spite, but like just because you guys are in town, right? Mm-hmm. Your guys' numbers don't show local artists at all, to be honest. Um, like I saw your SoundCloud numbers, I know his yeah. numbers, and I I, I picked his mind. Like I said, this is the first time I met you, but the the polishing, the rollout, the the dedication, the consistency, right? Like, it's incredible. Do you do you plan on sometime soon making this your full time job? Or are you just like, oh yeah, that's I can't wait to just not have to work and just do this full time. Yeah, like, that's the that's the goal. That man. is the goal. That's the goal. <laughs> that's been the goal since I started making music. You know, yeah. now I feel like I'm getting closer. I'm getting much closer to that. Mm think i can't even put a time stamp on it but i'm hopefully 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 very soon i can you know so um one of my favorite artists right now is uh moray right um moray yeah so he was actually on this new j cole he was on the cold cold project yeah so what happened with him and he just told the story on the breakfast club and um probably one of my favorite interviews in the past five months of this year so far um he his he was making music and it was garbage because his wife would tell him, yo, like, you need to start making better music. Right? She straight up told him. And then the second song he made was a song called Quicksand. And uh, I remember that. That's the one that went viral, right? The one that went viral. And, you know, it went viral off of no press. Because he was, like, playing it with some of his coworkers. And one of them at the job was like, yo, like, I got a camera. Let me shoot the video. Like, we'll just shoot it for free. And then he called up a couple of his cousins. And they brought all the people. And the video just went viral on, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, off of like no publicity no nothing yeah. and um i just think that's the story for like good content right because yeah. i was shooting some content for a, an artist here named chuck right we all know chuck, yeah, Love chuck. chuck. Um, yeah, chuck. and i was showing him that video and i was like look like this is dope and he's like yeah but like that guy's talented that music's dope like i don't want a video like that but that music's dope and it makes sense like the v video the rollout just there to get you to listen to the song and once you listen to the song, the content, like this is incredible. This is, yeah. I think too many people put the other stuff before it, right? Yeah. So it needs to complement it, right? Like it's like a steak dinner. Yeah. You know, you can have amazing potatoes, you can have amazing Asparagus. everything, and then that steak is shit, and you're like, like fuck what? this plate. Right? But you can have <laughs> and that plate. And that plate for sure. <laughs> and I think both of them need it together. You need great potatoes, asparagus. And steak, right? Yeah. And I think mm-hmm. I think you guys are creating that over yeah. there, like one hundred percent. And you know that's kind of why, like I told him, like you, 
you're one of my favorite artists coming up so far. That's why he wanted to like link us, right? I think it's rare to find professionalism, yeah. right? And I don't like the professionalism in like the corporate workplace. Mm-hmm. I don't really fuck with that. Like they're like, oh, you can't wear your hair a certain way. Yeah, I'm. I'm this, this I don't mean like that, <laughs> right? I mean like the 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 caring of what you do. Yeah, I think that's very that's important. important though. Mm-hmm. Um, a good example of that would be kind of how close um, Forty and Drake work, mm-hmm. and how he says that a. Uh, they really focus on the attention to detail. And that's yeah. kind of what we do. We focus on the attention to detail. All the things that don't matter to other artists matter to us. And yeah. I don't I don't say that saying like, oh, um any any negative, but I'm just saying like that's just how how close that we work and how like how much things we pay attention to. Because everything matters. Everything. You know Ness, we started this new segment on the podcast where uh you start beef with the local artists here. So if you want to do any call outs, you know, shout outs, like, you know, screw you and your music. You know what I'm saying? This is the time to do it. You have 30 seconds on the clock. <laughs> yo, 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 yeah, 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 you heard that bullshit, that fly ass shit you were saying. Yeah, no, but, um, I, I, I think it's important to keep friends um, yeah. in the industry, right? I do think a lot of people um, out here don't care. Yeah. Right? And they're just doing, it, which I get, but it's also like an anxiety thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like they want to do it, but then they're not okay with failing. They're not okay with like, um, they're, they want to continue doing that. Everyone wants to strive to do creative things for a living. Mm-hmm. But when they drop their first song and people say it's trash, like, well, I need to stop because I'm not on so-and-so's level. Can't let that one song deter you though. Yeah. That you one song, too. just one song. You yeah. can't, can't let that affect you. Mm-hmm. I've you remember your across. first song? Yeah. <laughs> did you did you name drop apple juice up in there too? <laughs> no, I didn't. Um <laughs> that's why that's why it wasn't a success. My first song, <laughs> me and my cousin recorded it on a Hannah Montana mic. Oh, that's fire. <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> that's dope, dude. Um, with Audacity. Uh-huh. We turned it get this though. We turned it into an MP3 and then you know like the older computers when you had um iTunes on it, uh-huh. it would just automatically play on iTunes. We thought that when it played in the media player, that it was on Apple Music and, and iTunes. So uh-huh. we thought that it was already out. Yeah. <laughs> so the whole time we're working, we're like, okay, we got like seven, we got a whole album out. Go ahead and search that up. And you're going to find it. Nobody out. could find it. So it was just like, <laughs> we thought we was on to something. And, but then we found SoundCloud and we started uploading. My first couple songs, yeah, they were pretty, they were pretty bad. Yeah, but that's just because I wasn't. Um, I didn't actually start singing until I got into high school. Mm-hmm. I was rapping, like, because my favorite artist was um, has always been J Cole, uh-huh. and I I grew up at the time I was listening to Pro Era when they were really early on with Capital Steve, yeah. Joey, yeah, um, Wu Tang Clan, yeah, um, KRS One. I was listening to a bunch oh, you're of like a hip hop, hip hop. Yeah, that was a hip hop so, hit. So was or you still listen to like hip hop? My favorite hit. album of all time is um, uh, the Low End Theory by the a Tribe Called Quest. Okay, oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. check the rhyme. Yeah, okay. it's like that's butter, crazy. Baby. That's yeah. my that's my <laughs> shit. <laughs> so did you get that inspiration from like your parents, or you just like my uncle? My uncle was from um. He's from Bed Stuy. Okay. So he put me onto all the East Coast hip hop. Yeah, I love it. 
to be honest, I'm more of like an East Coast. Me too, man. Like, I enjoy that music way more, right? And it just kind of sucks because he kind of showed me that East, like Beast Coast, and it was like he would shit on West Coast mm. hip hop, and yeah. I was, I didn't really get the, the gist of West Coast hip hop until I started, you know, um, asking my older brothers about it, and they would put me on to, um, who did my brother put me on? He put me on to like Bay Area music, like Too Short, Messy Marv, Mac Dre, Mac Dre. Yeah. You know, so I'm not a big West Coast fan of all time, but it's like more of like a partying music, right? And that's why I yeah. wasn't really into it at first because yeah. I was getting put onto the East Coast. So I was listening to people who could spit, just like yeah. freestyles, ciphers, yeah. Method Man, Wu Tang, like yeah. ODB. I like got res- I I respected that because that's what I was listening yeah. to. Yeah. When I got in high school is when I started giving the West Coast hip hop a chance. Yeah, because like. When like JD Kiss comes on at the school dance, like ain't no one doing shit, right? But like when Too Short comes on, maybe your crush gonna be coming up to you. You know what I'm saying? But you gotta think about it though. JD Kiss music is not like Too Short. But that's what I'm saying. JD Kiss music is. But like, um, but we talk about like in legendary honest, status. To be man, honest, like JD yeah, Kiss but, and Too Short are the same. Yeah, but you can't. That was a bad comparison. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I just got what you said. I, 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 I don't think that's you guys hear what I'm saying. I don't think you guys hear what I'm saying, right? <laughs> No, I don't. That's like comparing Dave East to YG right now. Yeah, like, yeah. I see that comparison. No. no you're killing me that. Let me break this down. Let me break this down, okay? Okay, so, like, what I'm saying is, and, and, and hold on, da, 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 da. we're just my landlord texting that. Right, my landlord would be texting crazy stuff. He'll be like, yo, <laughs> this Toyota's been parked here for 45 minutes and we're going to tow it. I'm like, yeah, you don't need to. <laughs> they never tow him, bro. Anyways. Um, so what I'm comparing, right, is like when you start getting more confidence, right, and you start doing other activities, the music sit, suits the mood a little different, right? So like when you talk about like a, when you talk about like a Too Short and a Jadakiss, I think like in fame and hits and everything, they're like equal, to be honest, right? Whether from the East Coast or West Coast. Nah, I think you can compare. No, to, you can't no, really. You can't but, but, but let, no, no, let me finish. <laughs> let me finish the statement. I'm talking about like just artists in general, right? But like a Jadakiss isn't going to pop in a club. Like too short. So when you're like doing more confident things, going out hanging with people, you start listening to more like West Coast party music and stuff like that. Compared to like the East Coast party music, completely different. Okay, I, you get what I'm saying? I get what you're saying. I get what but you're saying. No, what do you mean? But no. <laughs> but I, I think you're, I think you're kind of ignoring how big the West Coast impact is. Yeah, like like <laughs> okay, <laughs> like see you. What we're saying, Jadakiss isn't impactful. No, just yeah, yeah. Exactly. Okay, but to oh, the yeah. MCs and the, the yeah, the MCs. We're saying the same thing. You know, <laughs> I wouldn't put too short in the MC category like that. I'm I'm putting too short into like when too short get on Discord, right? I said, yeah, like yeah. I, I say he gonna make he gonna make you want to he gonna make you want to grind on something. Jada Kiss make music to make We're you want to go grind with money. We're saying the same exact thing. No, we not, bro, because you can't really put. JD Kiss music with too yeah. short music. You can't. Yeah. When they, you gotta put JD Kiss music with like when they both look like the Kendro kid or uh, upload their music to Apple Music, Spotify, all this other stuff, right? It goes in the same motherfucking category. <laughs> right? It goes in the same exact category. <laughs> but you're not gonna listen. Uh, that's what I'm saying, but you're not that's gonna what I'm saying. <laughs> that's what that's what I that's what <laughs> You try to compare the two as like in legend. I, like, I get what you're saying. Yeah, the, the I get what you're saying. The comparison was just it was just a little weird. Yeah, was, was weird. maybe I had to like. Uh, maybe if you said like 
Jada Kiss and Kendrick or no, Jada no, Kiss no. and Game or somebody like that. that. That I can see. You feel me? You, uh, okay. I can see that. Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Right. Because you you'll play a game. You'll play a game in your car and you're playing some of his shit. See, in the that's club actually too. a better comparison because yeah. I, I don't agree because I don't think you're playing any Jada Kiss in the club. You're not playing no Jada Kiss in the club. Facts. Facts. Wait, wait. I'm trying to think. Of, I'm, trying, I'm, trying, I'm going back to Jada Kiss's tracks right now in the back of my head. They, they're not getting played in the club. That's that. That was my comparison, right? So you would consider them both legends in hip hop, right? But their music fits different things, and yeah, I think more yeah. West Coast legends are more party music than they are MCs. But not knocking them, they're just completely yeah, different. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll give. I'll, I'll, That's yeah. what I'm That's saying. Fair. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, what you got to think too, though. I think it's just because of the demographic as far as California. New York is more state. of a, yeah, it's a party state. You got Hollywood, you know, everybody, all the, this is where you want to come to, you know. That's exactly what I was saying. Yeah, so I. But when you go up I, to I, Seattle, yeah. it's on the West Coast, but you get like the Macklemore weirdo people. <laughs> but I, I just watched the interview with Macklemore. He's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah he's a cool person. Yeah, he's a cool guy. But that music just not, it's, it's just not it for me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I'm just not. Macklemore, I'm sorry. Like, if you want to sit down and we can meet one day, yeah, come life. on, come on through, Look, man. We'll pick your part too. I, I ain't gonna pick, <laughs> keep it all buck, right? Like, I'm not starstruck by many people. Um, I no, nah, I wouldn't be starstruck by Macklemore at all. Like, I saw Dr. Dre one time, bro. Uh, were you starstruck? Fuck yeah. And the reason why I don't get starstruck for nobody, bro, but I and this was on the, I was on the set of uh, NWA. Mm-hmm. It was like a little um, doing some background shit. My boy, he uh, shout out to Mark Woods. He worked with Ice Cube. He like his videography and shit. And uh, he actually got me a little background role in the, in the NWA That's movie. That's fire. Yeah, so I was there on set, and it's um, you know that the scene where they in the uh, fucking uh, the hotel. No, the fucking uh, skating ring, mm-hmm. and they did the little rap okay. in the skating ring. So, uh, you know what I'm saying? It was cut set. You know what I'm saying? Scene. It was a break. They, they had everybody go out. And I kind of lingered. Just kind of lingered. And, you know, one of the last ones trying And I'm just, you know, because I love acting, bro. Like, I like the craft and everything. Just being around the background, seeing the whole, you know, from the uh, directors talking to the, you know what I'm saying, the cast to the people, you know what I'm saying, the, uh, the assistants helping the cast and crew and shit like that. I was just, like, at all with everything. Because this was, like, probably, like, Maybe one of the biggest sets that I was on at the time, yeah. you know. So I just held back, and my boy was walking up, and he's like, "Dr. Dre about to walk in," and I was like, oh, "Okay," you know. And I wasn't really tripping, you know. I wasn't <laughs> really tripping. It, 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 didn't, it didn't really it register. Didn't yeah. <laughs> but then when I saw him walk in, bro, I'm like, "Fuck, that's really him." Like I started thinking about N.W.A., uh, Snoop Dogg, The Chronic, yeah. you know. To Eminem, to Fifty Cent, to you know everybody, everybody he didn't fuck with. That he didn't work. Kendrick Lamar, Game. I'm like fuck. That's really him. And then he had the the most whitest Air Force Ones, bro. I'm telling you, these these is whiter than the ones you buy at at, at the Nike store. <laughs> like this nigga had a different set of white on his Nikes, like real shit. And I'm like fuck, bro. He had like a little like it was like an aura around him. Yeah. And then he had just did that. He just sold the Apple uh, beat 
Like for two billion at the time too. It was right after that, bro. Oh, shit. I'm like, fuck, this is a billionaire. Yeah. I'm sitting here looking at him. I'm like, fuck. Did you go to him? No, I didn't. I didn't. Uh, but I don't, I don't, to did be honest, I was, you couldn't. Or? It wasn't really like I couldn't, but you can tell he was like, like he was handling business. It was you know what I'm saying? It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't the time to go talk to him and yeah. ask him. So I just sat back. But I met a few people. I met Dub C. You know, I actually had lunch with Dub C. Uh, on the set, so it was cool, man. Uh, Ice Cube's son was walking around. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, uh, but yeah, he he was Shea, walking. Shea, 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 yeah, uh, O'Shea, yeah, yeah O'Shea, yeah. He was walking around shaking everybody's hand. He was hella cool, bro. But uh, I had an actual good time. But that was like the first time. Like, I didn't seen a lot of people. Like I didn't seen people like, yeah. oh, that's so and so. But that time specifically. I saw I, I saw Dr. Dre and I'm like, bro. yeah, like speaking like celebrities, right? And like people you've been in awe of. Um, I've never really been in awe of celebrities. Um, I think I've told the story before, but I went to the game's listening party for his last album. Um, my buddy, uh, shout out to Stromile. He took me to the listening party, right? And um, he said something there that stuck with me moving in this industry. He said like, act like you're supposed to be here because you're supposed to be here. Right, mm-hmm. like none of these people care. Like they're just here to work, right? So Ness, do you think there would be an artist in your email, in your DMs, that you're just like, holy, holy crap! Like they want to work with me. Besides, like the obvious, like people like Drake. Let's be honest, I hate Drake. He wants to come on the podcast. Hey, let's fucking make it happen, bro. I'm the biggest Drake fan of all time. Afterwards, shit, I'm the biggest Drake fan. I'm, I'm, I'm a big Drake fan, brother. So you better be cool with that. But it wouldn't be no hate here. I wouldn't let you be. It wouldn't be no hate here. Somebody that just starts up to be yeah, in the DMs. Yeah, I'd probably say Rihanna. Rihanna. Yeah, I'm yeah, not. Gonna, I'd be I'm, not I'm not gonna do any hot takes with Rihanna right, right now. I'm not gonna do some hot takes on Rihanna, right? Uh, I'm not a big well first off uh, okay I'll get in trouble bro I'll get in trouble I'll get in trouble okay so it's a few you want me to name, name like the few or just the one can you name someone I don't hate so we can continue the conversation <laughs> I don't know who you who you hate Liz bro hey maybe we should put, bring that in like the media kit, right? I don't hate Rihanna, it's not man. that I hate Rihanna I don't hate Rihanna I think she the, I think she oh, does man. I think what she does oh, is man. great I just don't understand the hype behind it do you hate Nikki no I don't hate Nikki okay then that's I hate Nikki one. as a person but yeah. I don't hate her music and stuff that, like that that's another one that I'd be starstruck uh, yeah. Drake yeah that, that would that would like yeah you own after that. Right. <laughs> you you don't have to do nothing else. You, yeah. you own. Even though I got to sell my house to get the feature. I mean, yeah, yeah, fuck it. That's what it's going to take. You got to sell a couple of, houses. I'll sleep on the sidewalk. Man. <laughs> I, I was hearing like, I uh, want to say like somebody said, oh, if I have 200000 I can give you a Drake feature. They're like, bro, 200000 won't even get you ad lib from Drake. Yeah, fuck. <laughs> you getting a... Uh, Take a feature for two hundred thousand. You know, you got to pay the lawyer fee somehow. Like I'm saying. <laughs> um. Anyway, so so th- there's a bunch of artists that you would right. So let's bring it down like a scale. Like, um, obtainable right now is there like an artist that you think you want to work with? That um, oh yeah, you yeah, haven't worked with yet. <clears throat> Blast is one of them. Blast. Uh-huh. Um. I really want to work with Mike Jones. <laughs> Dude, I'm a big Mike Jokes fan. 
Back really, then, the hoes didn't want me, Mike yeah, Jones. Yeah, yeah, I really want to work with Mike Jones. Just Fla- because Flossing Mike Jones. He's one of the OGs that I could really see myself like working with. Like, you know, like a a super, like a, like like Cuddy, like that song Cuddy Buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I feel like I could make something like that and just throw him on it. Yeah. You're talking about like the old like the lovey hip hop songs, like the T Pains. Yeah, the Mike see, Jones. T-Pain's. I can see that's you work it. with T Pain. Um, <laughs> it's a few it's a few people but one of the ones that i really want to see happen if we can get the connects is uh is wolf tyler okay yeah mm-hmm. that's that's one that's one that i really want to mm-hmm. pursue working with and then russ I, I like russ a lot that's just tight you know i didn't like russ at the beginning i didn't like him and then he came on like the joe button pull up podcast or whatever uh-huh. and uh i fucked with his ideas was like, it was it the arrogance or what yeah, I don't like arrogant people. Yeah. I don't like arrogant. I don't like people who think like like they're better than others. Yeah, their shit don't stink because you know what I'm saying? And he's grown. He's not like that really anymore. But like anyone who thinks <clears throat> um You you think you think he's not like that? Cause I from what I'm I'm seeing and how he's progressed, mm-hmm. I feel like he's still like that, but he knows not to portray that to other people. I, th- I think everyone has an ego. Mm-hmm. Everyone has narcissistic narcissistic traits. I think everyone has arrogance to them, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the 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 thing about with anything, like say we all have technically a relationship here, right? Like like different levels of relationships between all of us, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I think humans, in order to keep relationships or like in the image, have to have conversations with themselves about what to do in any situation, right? Yeah. So like say. In in Russ's, say um, say we're using Russ as an example, right? When you type a tweet out, we type tweets out all the time. I have to have a conversation with myself. Is this too arrogant? You have to check yourself. Am I coming off too like you know what I'm saying? And reword it because maybe your intention is this, but your arrogance is showing this way, right? Mm -hmm. And I think you have to filter yourself a lot of times. Mm -hmm. And I I think. When people don't have that filter, sometimes you can chug it off to like, um, you know, like not having enough life lived, right? Because a lot of people when they're younger are like, they're, I don't want to say like baby, but like sheltered in life. As they get older, privileged, Privileged. Mm -hmm. as they get older, the filter becomes less and less because they're always getting yeses, right? Mm -hmm. But like, if I'm being told like, yo, like you're being too cocky, I've been told like, I'm hard to approach. I've been told that. Uh, that um, I'm real. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, that that I'm like well, the teddy bear, man. <laughs> that, that that I'm mean, right? Um, and as I, I get older, that. I've, I've heard, heard that, that though. That you're mean? No, that's that you mean. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> so like, uh, shit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so what you have to do, um, in my opinion, is have to filter that out and check yourself, right? And I think like Russ. Didn't now, didn't, but I think yeah. he is now. But he did it at such a weird time. Because mm-hmm. when he came out, that was low-key the height of hip-hop mm-hmm. media. And he was on every publication, shitting on everybody who didn't give him a chance. I mean, it's just one of those things where you always talk about, oh, when I make it, I'm going to switch up. Yeah. But it's one thing to make it and actually switch up. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what Russ did. Russ right. made it and was like, you know what? fuck that i'm about to shit on all y'all and and he did but now it's like it's toned down because 
you gotta work with those you people. Got, you gotta like, you gotta <laughs> yeah. go back and and shake hands with these people. At the end of the day, mm-hmm. you as much as you say you don't need the industry, you need these people because you need to have a rollout. You always mm-hmm. have to, you know, yeah. keep track of the people that you are shaking hands with. Keep ta- like just keep up with relationships. It's important. This mm-hmm. is all. This is all like like we said earlier, navigating through the industry. These are some of the things you have to do. Really, anything you say can be used against you. You say something that's too arrogant, people will never forget that. Yeah, and and I think that's kind of why I don't like certain artists, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because I fall, I like music. I like the music, right? Like I can say I like a couple Drake songs, right? But I think for me, as I don't know, people call me a personality or whatever, right? Um, for me, it's more about the person. So I in, interviewed Yellow Beezy on the radio probably the, uh, the most arrogant uh angry person i've ever met they even look at me when we were interviewing him right turned off to the side but then we inter- i interviewed tyler yahweh coolest dude i've ever met i like both their music but i ain't gonna really listen to yellow bees because i like to connect with the person right yeah. and i like to watch interviews for that reason and that's why interviews are so powerful right like you said earlier you gotta be able to relate to the artist yeah, exactly. exactly her um was a very special case she didn't do interviews no one knew who what she looked like and she rolled out good music, right? But there's at a point where, like you said, you have to shake hands with those people that you didn't want to shake hands with, right? To get to that next level. <clears throat> and for me, um, you know, there's people who've wronged me, who people have said bad things about me and vice versa, right? And do I think I'll ever like shake their hands and work with them? Probably not. But I do think there's enough space to forgive people and not have to like shit on them. Like, yo, like, you go do your own thing. I go do my own thing. We're cool. Like, yeah. there ain't no problems. It's a respect yeah. thing. There's a respect yeah. thing. Like, you doing your thing. We're doing our thing. Um, And I and I just don't like arrogant people like that. And you don't seem like that type of person. No, nah, not yeah. at all. I'm I'm with you 100%. I don't, I don't really care for arrogance. Yeah. I, I think it's okay to be confident. Yeah. But then it, when you're over arrogant, it comes off as narcissistic. And yeah. I mean, that's okay to a certain extent. I believe yeah. everything's good in moderation. Too much of one thing is a bad thing. Yeah. Right. So if you're too confident, it's nice. gonna it rubs off, but it also rubs people the wrong way. You know, it's okay to take pride in what you do. It's not okay to shit on somebody who's not you. Yeah. yeah. And people will be trying to get that out of you, right? Like, um, shout to you know like the other people who do it, like DJ Vlad and academics. I can't rock with people like I can't watch their content. I can't do any of that because I just understand like the place they're coming from doesn't sit right with me. My morals and my, to me, my morals and my foundation mean like everything to me. And I know every day, sometimes we have to break them and make decisions. Right. Mm-hmm. And then that's just a human trait and a human thing to go through with life. But I do think like, um, in this industry and creative industry, you can have a soul yeah, and you can have like morals and still be successful. Exactly. And, um, I think that's kind of hard to find. You know, it's so funny. Your management, right? Um, told <laughs> your management told me that one. <laughs> um, that um, uh, we would get along, and I see what he means, right? Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. you're very down to earth, uh, very solid. Um, you have a seems like a good team, and I think yeah. uh, you make great music. And unfortunately, our time is up here. Um, you want to shout out your your Instagram, Twitter. Uh, OF. Yeah, bro. It's music shopping. At Nash Julius on all platforms. 
real easy to find. I, I made sure that it's the same on everything. Yeah. So it's, it's just Nets Julius on and everything. Alan's real album, all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, PGC2, uh, oh, Pretty Girls Cry 2, that's going to be out Monday, 9 p.m. on Sunday. So This won't be, this will be out after, so like say the date. It's oh, like, oh, yeah, oh, got you. Yeah. Uh, 5.17, so midnight. Wow. And you can find it on all streaming platforms. All streaming platforms. You know, you're going to, Put the music video on Pornhub because I know that's a big thing right hub. now, right? Ness Hub, Ness Hub, only Ness, o- only Ness facts, bro. <laughs> that's dope, dude. You know, um, that's so funny when you talk about like uh, we talk about like OnlyFans and other things like that, right? Like G Easy really posted a uh, a video on Pornhub, right? Really, um, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying I know the culture of sex work or anything, right? But or that I'm the connoisseur of this type of content. But I did happen to come up across the link, and it's uh, I think it's a great avenue for artists to put on. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. But you know, thank you, Ness, for, for coming down. Of course, shout out to your management. Um, shout out to everyone. Is there anything else you would like to say before you go? Um, uh, again, you still have chance this time on the board to shout someone out and call them out and start a rap beef. <laughs> start <a> rap beef. <laughs> I'm not gonna start a rap beef, but I will say, um, PGCT is. Long awaited. It's finally gonna drop. Um, more music to come after that. You know, I thought Ness was banging on us right now. I was like, Yo, what? Like, why? Like, he's like, <laughs> like <laughs> no, that's just that's just what I call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. that's uh, fire. Yeah, yeah, I like. As soon as I came up with the name, I was like, I really love that acronym. So I just been calling it since before it was even a thing. So perfect, perfect, and that's pretty much it. So, but uh, that that's pretty much it. Thank you for for coming on, bro. I really yeah, appreciate bro, it. Yeah, bro, appreciate it. This uh, was fun. Yeah, no, thank you. Uh, me, me and Sammy are two characters. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and, but it was it was it was fun talking to you guys though, because mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. I was engaged with the conversation. It was I enjoyed it. You know, sometimes it feels like you don't um, when you do a podcast, right? Sometimes it feels like you don't say enough. Oh, yeah. Some some sometimes it feels like you don't say enough, right? Mm-hmm. And you know you don't. An hour and 40 minutes, an hour, 15, two hours goes by quick when you're having a great conversation, right? And I think right now, to me personally, when we talk about like anxieties and fears, I feel like we didn't have enough content. But then when we post this, people are like, yo, that was so dope. That was this, that was this, right? And that's like the... Can't, I can't tell you how many episodes didn't drop because of that. <laughs> I can imagine. I, I I'll be calling Sammy like, yo, Sammy, like, I don't really want to like, oh, he'll call me like, yo, like, why isn't it up yet? Put that shit out, Bob. <laughs> Put it out, Bob. Facts, facts, but um, I don't care if 10 people listen to it. I, I, I think, I think out. my, my fly. Yeah. And that's my biggest, biggest anxiety, the uh, failure, right? And it's not just failure for me, but for the people who believe in me. Yeah. And I think that's the hardest part you get after, right? Yeah. People believe in you, and I feel like I have imposter syndrome to this day. I've, I'm in rooms that like I never dream I'd be in, talking to people I'd ever opportunities, right? And you never feel like you're supposed to be there. But I think that's the most humbling thing too, because then I could be like, "Yo, like I'm at this level of success, right?" Mm-hmm. And people who are like are higher than me, are lower than me, feel the same way. That is, that's a trip. That's really a trip because there's really people that are like more successful than me, but yet have anxiety. And that like, have you ever heard of um, Wale's story? No. Like Wale's story, pretty much what he was saying was like, you know, the rapper Wale. Yeah. Um, I guess him and J. Cole had this conversation where he feels like he's not good enough to put out like music. He went through like a whole depression. He was, he didn't want to put out music because he felt like 
people aren't fucking with me because they're not fucking with it like they fucked with the first shit I put out. Yeah. So there was this anxiety where he felt like he wasn't good enough. Yeah, I, yeah. Was this after or before the uh, the gifted album? Because I really fucked with the gifted album. This was after. This was like yeah. a, like last year. Oh yeah. Recently, this okay. is this was like last year before he put out that um that album. What was like? It was the painting. Okay. I forgot what it was called. But apparently there was a conversation with him and J Cole, and he was just like, he didn't want to put this out, and there was an issue with um MMG. Like it was a whole lot going on, and I'm like, damn, it's crazy Man. that being in a top five conversation mattered that much to him. Yeah. Cause his whole thing was like people don't consider me top five, this and that, and I'm just like, why do you really care though? Yeah, they fuck with your music. You I, can yeah, you still got a music. solid yes. fan base. I, I think what it is, especially with like setting high to a standard, right? It's like, like I said, like my parents, like my family always told me, you're smart, right? Mm. So for like Wale, when he came in, he's on double XL. Yeah, he came he, in with some he heavy. Came in I remember the famous photo. Yeah. It's like J Cole, Wale, Drake on the washer. Right yeah. on double XL. I think I'm getting that right. Um, and to be held to that standard and seeing all your other peers, seeing someone from a whole different freshman class, Kendrick, come in and be that third instead of you, I think it's like because people were expecting Wale to be a J Cole, yeah, a Drake, right? Yeah. And <clears throat> I get that, but just because other people have expectation for your art doesn't mean that's what she should do right yeah. and i think that's where people like get blinded with success i'm supposed to be right here hey i'm at this position i need to have finances like this right mm -hmm. but dude there's so many artists that have solid fan bases that have a career that make great music and get appreciated right i think one of the the foundations i've heard watching a lot of like people who've been in like youtube and like talk about like selling merch is using a thousand solid fans if your if your fans are willing to spend a hundred dollars on you every three months, a thousand of them that's ten thousand dollars. You get what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. yeah. And then you build off like that. So I think everyone's goal should be like, okay, yeah, say, say I'm not getting two million streams on on SoundCloud or YouTube, right? Am I getting fifty thousand people who actually fuck with me? Are they are they willing to buy stuff or willing to merch and stuff like that, right? Yeah. And I think um. That's so crazy that we think, to me too, I'm still getting anxious. I'm still anxious to tell. I don't know how this podcast is going to get uh, received, but I think it's all about who cares at this yeah. point. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But yeah, no, it, it was nice talking to you, Ness. Yeah. I can go on all day. Yeah. Unfortunately, I can, I got uh, other things to do, but yeah. thank you for coming on to the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate I got, it. I got babies. 